Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. Father, we just thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for the faith that's in this room. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for the hearts that are here, ready to receive, ready to grow, ready to learn. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your spirit being in this place. We We thank you, Father, that you're filling this place with your love, with your mercy, with your compassion. Uh, And Father, I thank you, Lord, that if there's people here tonight um, and you're just being weighed down by lies, honestly, I thank you, Father, that those lies, they have to lift in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that any lie that you've been believing, I hear this in my heart, any lie that you've been believing has to leave right now in Jesus' name. There's light coming, and the lie has to go in the presence of that light. And so tonight, I just sense, I feel like there's just going to be light coming to hearts. There's going to be an openness. There's going to be a revelation come uh, to where of things that you've once thought were one way, but, but you didn't, nobody's ever told you the truth on it. Uh, but that truth is going to come tonight, and you'll see it in a whole new light. And things will change. Like, like Mallory said, um, you'll encounter the truth. We'll encounter the presence of Jesus because Jesus is the truth. And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, for a true, authentic encounter (laughs) with authenticity. I believe that, Father, that that's who you are. You are an authentic God. You're as real as they come. And, Father, that's what we want to be. We just want to be vulnerable. We want to be honest. We want to be open uh, and just help each other grow, Father. I thank you, Lord, that that there's people here for community. There's people here to be grown. There's people here who need help. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you meet them right here tonight by your Holy Spirit and your presence that's in this room. And so, Father, we love you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. We're good. You guys can have a seat. Aren't y'all grateful for a worship team? They are absolutely amazing. Well, hello. My name is Luke, and uh, I'm the campus pastor over at our Lakeland campus. If you've never been there before, um, it's the one on Lakeland Drive. You can't miss it. <laughs> it's the biggest one over there. And, um, but I am, I'm excited to be in Fondren tonight. Um, I feel like I'm at home every time I'm here because technically I live about a mile down the road. And uh, I've lived in Fondren for about 18 years now, almost 19, and I call it home. I lived here longer than anywhere else in my life, so I guess that's when you call it home, right? But uh, I've lived all over the country, and and, uh, I I like Mississippi. I like Jackson. I moved here in 2003 to work at Nissan to build cars because I didn't know anything else to do. I built houses for a long time, and that got me in trouble. And so I ran away from all that trouble, asked God to get me out of some mess, and he said, go put an application in. And I'm like, okay, cool. It's funny, we were just singing that song, like, who am I to, to say God can't do something? Who am I to say God can't move? And it's like, you know, we, we want God to do things. We believe he can do all these things. But you know what that takes? A step. It takes a step of faith. Right? Because it says that we co-labor with Christ. Like, it's not just us sitting back waiting on God to do everything. I love songs like this, but you got to add that piece in there. You know what I mean? Like, you got to make sure you're doing your part because what is our part? Our part is obedience. The Lord showed me this verse while I was sitting down here earlier, just while we were singing, Isaiah 1 and 18. It says, the obedient, it says the, the willing and obedient, right, will eat the very best of the land. It says it will have a king's feast. That's what I want. But obedience is that part to that. Right? It says that the willing and obedient will eat that. And so I am, I am all in for God, but I am all in for obedience and doing what he's asked me to do. Uh, without obedience, I promise you, I wouldn't be standing here right now tonight talking to you about obedience. But, uh, you know, it's funny how the little simple things, you know, pastor's been talking about how to hear the voice of God. And I think that's you know what he's been talking about on, on, on Fondren's uh, 6 p.m. It's like how to hear the voice of God, how to know uh, that you're being led by God. And I'll be honest with you, that's a big question. And I hear a lot of people ask me that, how, how can I know for sure? You know, and I don't know about you guys, but how many guys, I, I, I just have to do trial, trial and error sometimes. You know what I mean? I just follow till I, I feel like it's God. And if it's not, I'm like, whoops, okay, that wasn't God. You know what I mean? I'm just being real. Like, that's just how I learn. And so, um, but the, the beauty in that is that God is a great mess cleaner upper. 
You know what I mean? Like if you're following God and you've believed that this is God and you're going this way and you hit a roadblock and you find out it's not, he will clean that up and make it like it never was. And he's like, great try. You're, you're following me. You know what I mean? At least you're trying. <laughs> and so, but in that you'll learn, that's how I learned the voice of God. Uh, but that takes a lot of obedience, right? And it takes a lot of learning and it takes a lot of like m- missing it. Has anybody ever missed it? Nobody? Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we got one person that's missed it before. That's awesome. <laughs> this is a great crowd. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> you guys are holy and redeemed and righteous. And you are. <laughs> but, but it's the little things I find where I learn the voice of God more than anywhere else. <clears throat> and the little things, of the little steps of obedience lead to the, like big breakthroughs, I'm telling you. Every single time. Because it's those little things that you think are not worth it telling you there's some of you in the room tonight I just sense it and I've sensed it for the last couple of days since I knew I was going to speak tonight that there's there's things you have discounted because of this the the smallness I guess the littleness of what you're you feel like is you're supposed to do it's just little simple steps I'm telling you God's asking you to do some things and if you can take these little steps he'll get you to those big steps and when you get to those big steps it'll be a whole lot easier to take them amen and so one of the little things that's funny that he's had me do here lately, oh, I never thought I would do this in a million years. How many coffee drinkers do we have in here? Like everybody, right? Yeah, probably 90% of us. Me too. I mean, I had this habit of going to PJs. How many got PJs? PJs fans? Okay. Bean fans? Less. Okay. <laughs> what about cups? Cubs fans, yes, okay. I like PJs just because they have a drive-thru. They win every time just because they have a drive-thru. It's just convenient, and I'm like, sorry, you beat everybody else because I can, don't have to get out of my car. And so I like their extra-large cold brew with an extra shot on top. So that's like six shots of espresso, basically, I think is what that ends up being. But I would get one of those in the morning and then have another cup of coffee at work later on. And, I mean, I was drinking a lot of coffee. But what I noticed is that it wasn't really doing anything. I mean, like, I was drinking so much coffee, and I had to, like, keep this up all the time, you know, and it gets expensive. That's like $8 a cup, you know, and I didn't do it every day, but maybe some weeks every day, but it's like I just knew something was not right because I had to have it. I sensed this addiction, right? I sensed this, and I've, I've, I've had dealt with addiction in my past, too, and so I knew it, and I don't like when things have control over me, you know what I mean? I don't like it when I have to bow my knee to anything but Jesus, and I know when I have to. And so the Lord was like, why don't you just quit? And I'm like, God, I don't want to quit coffee. Like, that's going to hurt. That's going to be tough. And, like, i got to preach, and how am I going to speak, and how am I going to do all these things that I've done for my whole life with coffee? So guess what? Today is day 12. Amen? 12 days. Yes, we can give that a round of applause. Because the first two days were so hard, y'all. I am not kidding. The first day was actually easy. First day, I'm like, skip it. You know what? I'm forget it. I'm doing this thing. I'm all in. I'm quitting coffee. I quit coffee, and I get to work, and I'm like looking for coffee. You know what I mean? Like immediately, habit. And then that, later on that morning, I had to teach, and it was okay. It was good. I got through it without needing anything or you know freaking out or going to sleep. And I was like, I need, I need. I feel like I need coffee. I wasn't hurting yet though. So I got home. I told my wife, I was like, I got this thing. Whoop. There's no. This, this is nothing. You know, this is like a 20-year coffee addiction. So I get through the first day, I'm fine. The next morning, I woke up, and I had a headache. And it got worse throughout the day. And I remember getting home that night. I actually had to take my wife to get a root canal that day. And so I didn't go to, well, I went to work early to do Wednesday prayer, and then I I took her to go get a root canal. And halfway through her getting that root canal done, I'm, like, wanting to go back there and get some some gas. You know what I'm saying? Because I had this migraine. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. But I'm, like, I, I wanted some relief, like, instantly. And, uh, but it was bad, y'all. And so we got home that afternoon, and, and we have a swing on our porch, and, and it's a twin-size swing. And so I laid down on the swing, and I told her, I said, babe, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm hurting. I just need to take a quick nap. You know what I mean? Quick nap is nice outside. I laid down, and I woke up three and a half hours later in a cold sweat. And I mean, like, literally going through physical withdrawal. I didn't realize it was going to do that to me, you know. Well, it hurt. It was for real. And so I really thought about quitting you know like not quitting coffee but quitting quitting and going to get some coffee and um I didn't know so 12 days in and I am over the worst of it and you know honestly it's amazing um these little acts of obedience and I asked the Lord I was like why do you want me to quit coffee so bad he said because I'm jealous 
was like, you're jealous of coffee? He's like, I'm jealous of your attention. I want your attention. And you're giving coffee a whole lot of attention. Something simple. You know what I mean? Like, he's truly jealous for us. He's jealous for all these things that we give our time to. And, man, there's such a reward. Like, why would we hesitate to do anything God's asked us to do? Why would there be any hesitation whatsoever if God has asked you to do it? Because maybe you don't know if it is God or not, right? You're not for sure because there's an enemy, right? There's this enemy that tries to come in and tell you all these crazy things that don't exist, all those lies like we were just talking about. And so uh, what I want to do, I want to share kind of a journey that I've taken the last two years. And I was talking to my wife, Kelly, about it last night. And I said, we need to, like, have a calendar. She keeps everything on a calendar. She's very organized, and I'm grateful for that. But I said, and so I started talking to her. If I need dates, if I need to remember dates, I go to her. And so I said, so, so when did all that start? Like, so she told me in 2021, 2021 was a rough year. Was 2021 rough for anybody else? I think it was rough for everybody, right? So in 2021, in June, I was in my shop working on some stuff, woodworking, and I almost cut the tip of my thumb off, my left thumb. There's no nail right there. I won't gross you out. <laughs> but, but there's no nail right there. I literally hit it with a router. I'm in the shop practicing this new technique, you know, watching YouTube. YouTube will get you in trouble. And so I'm watching YouTube, trying to be fancy with all the tools I don't have. I'm just making it work, you know, with what I do have. And I've got my hand on here, and I'm running this router, and I'm cutting what they call finger joints. You can laugh. It's funny. And so I, I ran and I hit my thumb, man. I mean, just, 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 I mean, just that fast. It didn't sound like that, but it sounded worse. And I looked and I thought, my first thought was, that's not going to be fixed with a Band-Aid. And I grabbed the first rag I could see and I, and I wrapped it up. It was a dirty old greasy rag, which is probably horrible to do. But I wrapped it up and I just didn't look at it because it was bad. I knew I could see bone and all kinds of stuff already. I mean, bad, bad. And so I walked inside, and my heart's, like, pounding. I think I'm in, like, kind of, like, halfway shock, you know, in this moment. Because I didn't know if it was gone or not, and I just didn't want to look. You know, it was scary. And she took me, uh, she said, are you serious? Like, you're really hurt. She's like, you get hurt all the time, but is this for real? You know, I'm like, babe, ER, right now, let's go. And so we get in the car. She takes me up to St. D, the ER. I'm sitting in there. I still hadn't unwrapped it yet. And I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, Lord, like, this, you know, I need my thumb. You know what I mean? Like, I need my thumb. Lord, please, like, let me keep my thumb. And I'm, like, complaining a little bit, you know, having a little bit of self-pity. And this guy rolls out in a wheelchair in front of me with his knee. had just been amputated from the knee down. And I looked, and I'm like, well, it could be worse. You know what I mean? Like, I was, like, grateful in that moment. The Lord will give you opportunities to be grateful. Amen. So they stitched it up. Never hurt for one second. I never had an ounce of pain. Isn't that crazy? And, I mean, like, the guy, the, 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 the ER doctor came by, and he was like, do you want a shot in your thumb? Because he's like, I know that's hurting. I said, actually, it's not really hurting that much. He said, well, I'm going to do a nerve block just in case. And so he did a nerve block before pain ever did anything. So a week later, almost like three days later, I had to go have plastic surgery. I'm like, good Lord, you know? And so I had to go have surgery done on it to save the tip of the thumb. I went under, and the doctor, last thing he told me, he said, now look, you do know that I may have to remove the hole, the, the, the hole from the knuckle down. And he's like, there's no guarantee what I'm going to do is going to work. And so I remember waking up in surgery and reaching over, you know, under anesthesia and reaching over and, like, trying to feel and see if anything's there. It's all wrapped up. You can't tell. And the nurse was like, you still got it. You're doing good, you know. That was June. In August, I got COVID, and I mean, I say this, and I don't say this lightly, but I almost died. Um, I, there was a moment where I was laying in my bed and at home. I never went to the doctor. I never went to the hospital. I was honestly kind of scared to. Uh, I just wanted to be at home, you know. If that was going to happen, I wanted to go at home. <laughs> I didn't want to be in the hospital. And so I remember laying there, and I remember hitting bottom, like, you know, like this proverbial bottom, just spiritually speaking. I remember waking up and just being like, I, I could die. Like, I'm not far off from death. And the Lord, show, he showed me something, and I just had to be real with God. You know what I mean? Like, I just talked to God like he's sitting right here with me. And, and he said, but what do you not notice right now? What do you, what do you notice the absence of? And I said, really? Um, I don't know, Lord. What is it? He said, you're not scared. And I was like, you're right. I'm not even in fear at all to die. And he said, if you're not scared to die, why don't you live? And I said, you know, that's a good idea. 
and I like felt myself bounce off the bottom. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you hit bottom, you got, you got two ways to go. You can either lay there, feel sorry for yourself, or you can bounce. I bounced. And I'm sitting here talking to you now. And so at that time, that was in August, um, I was around, I don't know, 285, 290 pounds. And I'm like 225 today. Thank God. But yeah, amen. We'll get to the rest of that story in just a second. But um, oh, yeah, they told me I don't have a time limit here tonight either. So y'all are in for it. (laughs) But um, but I. I bounced and um, got better. It took me about nine weeks um, of like five or six breathing treatments a day. I remember the first time I got up and and was doing what the Lord was asking me to do, these little steps. And he's like, I want you to get up today, put your shorts on, put your tennis shoes on, and I want you to walk to the end of the street and back. And I'm like, Lord, I can't walk to the bathroom and back. You know, like this is going to be tough, and and I did it. And I remember getting to the end of the street and thinking I was going to have to call my wife and be like, I cannot breathe. Like, I cannot do this, you know. But I made it back. And so that was that whole recovery process. I think I missed like four or five weeks of work or six weeks. I can't remember. But anyway, I lived, which is awesome. So that's August. In November 2021, November the 6th, it's funny because that's the same day I met my wife in 2003. Yesterday was our 17-year anniversary. So, yeah, we can give it up for that. And, um, but November the 6th in 2021, we had just gotten back from vacation, and I was having some really bad symptoms in my body. And so I go to the doctor, and um, I sit down, and he said, let's do blood work before we do anything else. He said, I don't want to get into this. And he said, what I want to do is, is find out where you're at from, from the inside. I, I can look at you and tell something's wrong, but let's look at the inside. And he did some blood work. He came back and he said, well, first of all, <laughs> he said, your blood sugar is like 512. Now, if you don't know anything about blood sugar, that's like coma level. You know what I mean? Like you could slip into a coma. I didn't know. And that's the danger of that kind of coma, you know, kind of blood sugar level, because you just don't feel anything. You have some symptoms, but you don't, you can just move and you can function and do things. And he said, I could put you in the hospital right now, honestly. He said, but you need to take this medicine, on and on and on. Well, that night, I actually had a wedding rehearsal to go do in Philadelphia, Mississippi, which is a long ways from here. It's a drive. And at that time, my, my sight was being so affected, I, couldn't, I could barely see with contacts or glasses or anything. And so I could, I could barely see. I was having to stop and, and use the restroom like every 10 minutes, it seemed like, you know, because that's one of the symptoms of diabetics and, and just having all these crazy things going. So I had to drive to Philadelphia that night. I get there. I can barely see the couple. I mean, I can remember standing in the pulpit. You know, I'm the pastor. I got to do the, this wedding. And we're sitting there practicing. And I'm literally, I can't even see them coming down the aisle. You know, I can't see so bad. And I remember getting in the car, going home that night. Just kind of panicked, almost. Like, I'm like, Lord, what is going on this year, (laughs) you know? And I remember going back, driving all the way back the next day to do the actual wedding. And I can remember standing there looking down the aisle, smiling real big, you know? You ever put on a front? (laughs) Act like everything's fine, you know? I remember putting on a front, and they're coming down the aisle, and I'm just smiling. And I'm like, I have no idea who that is. I have no idea who I'm about to marry, honestly. I can't even see them. They come down. I mean, I, I was, my sight was so bad, I, I still was very blurry. I couldn't tell anything. We marry them, and I'm standing at the reception. And this is where it kind of begins, this journey. I'm standing at the reception. Everybody's dancing, having a good time. And the Lord said, you need to go tell that man over there what you're going through. Little acts of obedience, hearing the voice of God, is all, it makes all the difference in the world in your life. I'm telling you. But you've got to know his voice. He said, go tell that man over there what you're going through right now. I'm like, I don't want to tell this guy. I don't even know this guy that well. I mean, I do, but not like, you know what I mean? We've become friends since then. But, and I said, okay, Lord, I'll go tell him. But, but you know, and it's multifold, too, like, because... But, like, he's, he wanted me to go tell him for two different reasons. Number one, so that this guy could pray for me. But number two, so that I could get rid of my pride and humble myself in this moment and go ask for help. But I didn't even know how to do that. So I go over and I said, hey, man, uh, I got some stuff going on. You got a second? And he's like, yeah, what's up? And I told him everything I just told you. He just kind of looks at me. He's like, he asked me a question. And this is the question. It's funny because this is the question I ask everybody when they come to me for prayer. He said, what do you want? 
And I said, that's a good question. I said, but honestly, I don't even know what I want at this point. I don't even understand what I need. Like, I'm so confused. I'm scared to death. I don't want to die. <laughs> you know, at this point, I am scared. Before, with COVID, I wasn't even scared. But now I'm like, I don't understand all this. You know, I don't get this. And, and I said, I don't know what I need. I don't even know what to tell you I want. I want to be healthy. And he's like, okay. I said, but, but give me a minute. Let me, go, let me go ask and find out what I need. Now, see, I have learned in the last 20 years through a relationship with Jesus and through a relationship with the Holy Spirit to understand his voice. But it's taken a long time, like I said, through trial and error to know this voice. But it's that consistent every day going to his word, listening to him and testing those things and feeling, like, okay, Lord, I think this is you. I'm going to go do this and find out. I, I go over. I said, give me a second. I said, I'm going to go find out what I need. So I just kind of walked over by myself, and I was like, Holy Ghost. Like, ho I talked to the Holy Spirit like he's a man because he is. He's a person, not a thing. And so I said, Holy Spirit, what do I need? Like, I'm so confused right now. I need help. And I heard very clearly, you know, last week Pastor talked about, I think it was two weeks, maybe last week, Pastor talked about there's, there's just like you get a check, kind of a knowing, but then you also hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Not an audible thing, but it's just different. It's like sometimes you'll just know, I should go do that. And that's a knowing. But then there'll be other times where it's like, there's a clear, you get a word. You get like, oh, the Lord gives you a specific word or a sentence or a phrase or something to hang on to. This was that moment where it was just that clear word where the Lord was like, you need a revelation of health. And I was like, got it. Because I did in that moment. He knew my language. Like he knew where I was. He knew what I already had in my heart. He knew the verses that I understood. And again, he clearly was like, you need a revelation of health. And I'm like, I got it. I can do that. So I went back to my friend, and I'm going to come back and explain that in just a second. Well, no, let's go ahead and look at it now. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can turn there. We're going to put it on the screens too. Now, I love this because you've got to understand what the word revelation means. Truly, you have to understand what this word, because we talk about, man, I, that was revelation. You know, that was, that, I got revelation from God. Well, do you even know what revelation means? It's an interesting word. You're going to laugh. And so in Ephesians 1 and 17, when the Lord said, you need a revelation of health, I knew exactly what he was talking about. I didn't fully understand it, but I connected the dots because I love this verse more than probably any other verse in the Bible. I pray this all the time over myself and over usually everybody else that I talk to. It just comes out of my spirit because I know the power in this. It says, I always pray. This is in the Amplified. Paul says, I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation now, in the Amplified, it says that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. And, and basically, he says, I will give you a, I want the Lord. He's asking the Lord to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the true knowledge of him, who God is. So I, I know this verse. And so when he said, you need a revelation of health, I'm like, I know that, that the Lord can give me a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And he said, well, who am I in that moment? And so I started thinking about this word because I went back to my friend and I said, I need a revelation of health. And he said, done. So that meant, I know this guy, he's kind of old school in country. And, and he was like, that meant he's going to be praying for me. He didn't pray for me right then, but I knew when he said, done, that meant he's going to be praying for me because he's no nonsense, right? And I love that. You need some friends like that. In Hosea 4 and 6, it says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. They don't know who I am. They don't know me. That word know means to be intimate. Like you said, it gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into this knowledge of who God is. That's what revelation does. But if you look over um, the word revelation, we, we don't have to put it on the screen, but the word revelation in the Greek, it actually means bare or naked. Now, I, when I first saw this, I kind of laughed. I'm like, that's interesting. But then the Lord showed me why. And where this word originally comes from, if you look up the word in Genesis, when it talks about Adam and Eve, it says that they were naked in the garden. That word naked is the same word as revelation. Right? I'm telling you, I told you guys, you're going to get truth tonight that's going to switch everything. It's going to flip everything upside down because now when you get a revelation, you're going to know that you've been, things have been revealed to you. And he showed me that, that the reason they were naked in the garden before the father, this is before sin, right? This is before the apple. Okay, this is before they sinned. 
there was nothing in between them and God. There was complete, full revelation. Nothing hidden, no fig leaves, no covering, no shame, no guilt, no sin, no nothing. That's what revelation is. And that's what Jesus died to get us back. Jesus died on the cross to restore us back to the way it was before the garden, before the sin, right? Before the sin in the garden. And so when Jesus dies on the cross, it's like it says the veil was torn. That was what was in between us and God. We had to go through this thing, right? We couldn't be with God uh, one-on-one and face-to-face. Even Moses had a veil over his face because he couldn't stand the glory. Now, because of Jesus, we get to go get up in the lap of God whenever we want to and sit and hang out and love on Jesus. Right there, just one-on-one. That's what revelation is. But Jesus died so that we could have revelation. That's why Paul was talking about in here. He was like, Lord, give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who you are. They need to know you. They also need, y'all, we also need to know that we've been given this, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Like We have full access to God anytime we want it. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to be good enough. We don't have to do everything right. We don't have to climb this fake ladder that doesn't even exist to get to him. And then fall down to the bottom and feel like you got to start all over? That's a lie. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm right with God right now. Even if I did something really stupid up here, I could leave here, go home, and be right with God. I'm just saying. That's grace is what that is. Is this all right? Y'all listening, y'all listening really good. So back to the story. I told my buddy Steve, I need a revelation of health. And he said, got it. And I knew he was going to pray for me. And that's really all it was. But what you don't forget, the first thing God asked me to do was a very small thing. He said, go tell that man what you're going through. So I did. I didn't hesitate because I knew that was God. And that was just a knowing. That wasn't that voice of like, you need a revelation of health. That was just like, I should probably go tell him what I'm going through. I just sensed that it was God. Went and told him. That was it. This will show you where I was. I remember driving home that night. Still had no idea what to do. You know what I mean? It wasn't like my whole life changed and all the weight just came off immediately and I'm healthy now. No, it's a process. But that first thing, that first act of obedience, it kicked it off. And now somebody's praying for me. Now I have a word from God. Did you know his words are promises? When he gives you a word, it's a promise. You can bank on it. I'm telling you, we were talking about this morning at Lakeland, the spirit or or the ministry of reconciliation. He doesn't just give you that ministry. He gives you a word of reconciliation to go with the ministry so that when you go do it, he backs it up with his promise, right? And so I'm driving home and I'm like, okay, I know I don't need to have sugar. And I know I probably don't need to eat a double cheeseburger on the way home from McDonald's. But I'm in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and there's like nothing to eat at 10 o'clock at night after this wedding. So I'm driving home and sure enough, there's a McDonald's. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I'll get some French fries and a Diet Coke. And you, you, you're not laughing, but really that's hilarious because French fries are like the worst, right? But I'm thinking it's a vegetable. You know what I mean? How bad can it be? You know, drenched in all the salt and the grease. Um, but it's a veggie, so I'm doing something right. I'm doing everything that I know to do at this time. And that was my effort, right? I feel like the Lord laughed. You know what I mean? He was like, eat the fries, drink the Diet Coke. We'll, get, we'll set you straight tomorrow, you know. But, but I got the Diet Coke that's full of just oh, so many chemicals. Anyway, I'm telling you, I'm a changed man when it comes to food and stuff like that now. I look at it completely different. I am just so like he's changed me, literally changed me. And some people call me a fanatic, but they also call Jesus a fanatic. So I'll take it. But, um, but I did. I, I started looking at all these different things in my life and, and, and the way I needed to change. I started asking the Holy Spirit, what do I do? I remember getting home that night and talking to Kelly and telling her, telling her about these changes I had made and telling her about all these things that, that I was fixing to do. And just, you know, I told her about telling my buddy about what was going on and the revelation of health. And man, I remember her eyes when I told her I needed a revelation of health. I literally looked at her and she just started to cry. And I was like, uh-oh. What is this? And she said, the Lord, literally, while she was on the porch that night, she was reading the word, and the Lord told her, that's what I needed. Word for word, a revelation of health. I'd never heard that before in my life. And so what he told me, uh, he took me to um, Psalms 30. Because I asked him, I said, 
what about the whole health thing? Like, you, you want me to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and a knowledge of who you are? And he said, yes, but who am I? He kept asking me that question. Who am I? I'm like, you know, you're God. <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, go deeper. I have many names. And so he took me to Psalms 30, and it says, uh, verse 2, it says, Oh, my Lord, I cried out to you, and you healed me. This word healed right here, God is it's translated into Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. And what he began to start teaching me was it's not just about healing. A lot of times we talk about healing and we just want to be healed right now and it be done. And us not have to do anything but just get healed. A miracle. That's amazing. And that's awesome. But for this process, for me, it didn't happen like that. He was showing me there's a difference between healing and health. Healing is a one time. It's like, a, a one, like right now. But health is an everyday thing that you walk out for the rest of your life. It's how you maintain that healing that you've just received from God. You, know, you can't just get healed and go do whatever you want to do. There's obedience tied to this, y'all. You know what I mean? Like we live in this culture. It's just like instant gratification and, and so simple and so easy. And we want it now. I get it. I promise. I'm the same way. But God does not work like that. He, I mean, sometimes he does miracles and, and all these different things. But it's like if you continue to do the same thing you did before you got your miracle, you're going to need another one. <laughs> right? And maybe he'll give you one. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know how all that works. But, but I do know that if I make an effort every single day to honor him with what he's given me, he's going to bless that. And we're going to look at this again. But in Psalms it says, uh, Lord, my Lord, I cried out, you healed me. He's our healer. It's Jehovah Rapha. Uh, and the second thing he told me, this is like really key to all of this stuff, um, is anything you do. This is so good. I said, Lord, what is different about a diet than this, what I'm doing? Because I kept asking him. I'm like, there's a ton of diets out there, but you're not telling me to go do any of them. He told me that some simple things. I mean, I guess you could call it a diet, the Jesus diet. <laughs> but he told me to stop eating sugar. He's like, sugar's going to help because your, your blood sugar's through the roof. Like, just like wisdom, right? He said to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You need both. You need wisdom for here because it's like if your blood sugar is high, don't eat sugar. I mean, it's simple, but I didn't see that. And so he's like, cut out sugar. I'm like, all sugar? He's like, all sugar. So I remember going to the grocery store and getting all these drinks that had like, you know, zero sugar. But they had artificial sweetener in there. And about a week into drinking those things, the Lord's like, I said all sugar. I was like, but it says zero on it. And he's like, no, that's artificial sweetener. And he said, all of it. I'm like, okay. So a week into the, see how this process works? I'm like listening to God the whole way. That's why he didn't want me to go get a diet. Because guess what happens if I go get a diet and have somebody else tell me what to do? Then he's not telling me what to do. And I'm not spending my time with him. Make sense? He wants to be with us. Like he wants to be everything. He wants us to be completely dependent, 110% on him. We live in such an independent culture that, that praises independence. From what? You know what I mean? Like, you better be dependent on God if you want to be successful in this world and, and, and to, to be healthy and to do all the things that he's called you to do and do all the things that the gifts and talents and all these things that this, this generation, honestly, has more of than I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. Most talented, smartest. I mean, just I'm blown away at what I see. But... It's like we've got to learn how to be completely 100% dependent on the Father in everything that we do. But he told me, he, and he told me why it's not just a diet. Another thing he asked me or showed me to do was to cut out carbs. Now, I know all you're thinking, if you know anything about keto, it's like, oh, well, that's keto. Well, I didn't even know what keto was, okay? I'm just doing what God told me to do. Now, this is me. Remember this? I'm not telling you how to eat. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm trying to get you to lean on God and lean into him and ask him what your journey is and what your path is. I'm just sharing mine. But he told me, he said, now cut out the carbs in your life. And I'm like, what is a carb? <laughs> like, I don't even know what that means. And I'm like, I figure bread, you know. I thought, well, I could eat wheat bread. I can eat wheat stuff, right? And he's like, no. I said cut out all carbs. I'm like, okay, no sugar, no carbs. I can do it. So I start cutting all these things out, and I'm like, I realize that this piece of paper's got sugar and carbs in it. You know what I mean? It's like everything has carbs in it. Everything has sugar in it. You know, it's funny. I go to the grocery store now. I go to the produce section, and I go to the meat section, and I don't even go down the aisles. 
I don't. I just noticed that the other day at the grocery store after two years of doing this. I'm like, I forgot what's down that aisle. The cereal aisle, I forgot what's even down there. The, the canned good aisle, I forgot what's even down there. I don't even go. I go down there to get some brown rice every once in a while because I will cheat with that. But it's like I, I don't even go down the processed food aisle, so to speak. There's so much processed food. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. But he was showing me like all these steps to take and all these things to do. And like I said, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm telling you how I did it because I, I leaned into God and said, Lord, I need help. And he's like, okay, lean into me. As long as you lean into me, I'll help you. So I kept leaning into God. And he told me, this is not a diet. And he showed me why. He said, anything that you do in vain won't last. But if you bring it to me, if you do it to me to bring me honor and glory, I'll sustain it. I'm going to read that again. Anything you do in vain, it won't last. And he said, what do most people diet for? Because they want to look better. That's vanity. That's vain. And he said, what are, what are some other reasons people do a diet? They, they want to look better. They want to feel better. Uh, they want new clothes. They want to impress somebody. All vanity. If that's all about me in that moment. I'm like, yeah, but Lord, those are good things. He said, I didn't say they were bad. He said, but I, I, but I need it to not be in vain. I need your why. I need your drive. I need your motivation to be honoring God and, and bringing glory to him. And that's it. Because he said, that I can sustain. He took me, I'll show you in the word. I promise I'm not making this up. In Psalms 127 and verse 1. I love this verse. He says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchmen keep awake in vain. Unless the Lord is doing it in you, unless you're doing it for him, he can't bless it. I'm telling you. That's why diets don't work. That's why they're hard. That's why we give up and quit. Because I don't believe the Lord's in that. Now, I know I've tried all kinds of stuff. Workouts, diets, you name it. I can out-eat any of the best workouts you've ever heard of in your life. <laughs> I used to do boot camp workouts, right? I mean, you'd be on the field just crazy early in the morning working your butt off and just, you know, getting it. And then you'd go home and eat, you know, uh, Pizza Shack, you know, three times in one weekend. I know y'all don't know what Pizza Shack is, so... Yes, it was my all-time favorite. I've had it once in two years. You know how many times I've had fast food in two years? Zero. Zero times. And now this is the cool thing about it, too. It's like the Lord said, if you will do this for, for me and not for vanity, if you will do this not just to look better, to feel better, to lose weight, all these natural things, he's like, I will bless it, but I will also help you supernaturally. Y'all, I had such a food addiction that he healed me of. <clears throat> I would drive past Wendy's on the way to Amerigo to pick up dinner. Like my, my wife and I, literally my wife and I would go to Amerigo. She would call and I'd go pick up Amerigo for dinner. But on the way, I'd go by Wendy's and I'd get a number seven or number 11 or whatever it was. And I'd smash that on the way home and not even tell her. And then get home and eat all the Amerigos. I know none of y'all have ever done that. And so, <laughs> but like I had a problem. You know what I mean? I was hiding food. I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed. And that's the trick, right? The devil wants to get you in shame and guilt and get you in that trap and get you in addiction and get you all these different things, even if it's food. And so thank God he set me free from all of that. But he said, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. And so I started asking the Lord, I'm like, but I do want to look better and I do want to feel better. And he's like, those things have got to be byproducts right of a relationship with Jesus like your whole life should be a byproduct of your relationship with Jesus I know this may be overwhelming and sound like a lot but it's really not it's just some small tweaks in your life I'm telling you like if I'm seeking Jesus every single day everything that happens in my life good should be a byproduct it should not be my why right if I'm seeking Jesus he's gonna help me if I'm in relationship with him and I'm really seeking him that means I'm obeying him because somebody that I'm in a close relationship with, I'm going to listen to. I'm going to take their advice because I trust them. I'm going to be like, no, that's God. I need to go do this. I can't do that anymore. Because I know that whatever God is asking me to do, there is a reward on the other side of that. Every single, and that's for somebody in here, I'm telling you. I don't know who that is. But I'm telling you, whatever God is asking you to do, step out 
Trust God that it's his voice and do it. And you'll watch. There'll be a reward. There'll be many rewards attached to that thing. Whatever that is. Yeah. Losing weight, feeling better, looking better, getting new clothes. Y'all, I went from a a 42 in the waist to a 34. Right? Isn't that crazy? I mean, like, literally, that's crazy. I promise I'm not bragging on me. Like, this is God. Right? This is God. But it's not just God. Because I used to say this. Like, I had to buy clothes, like, three different times in that process. You know what I mean? Like I had to literally go, I didn't have pants that fit anymore. I'm like cinching up my belts and like tying them in knots and like, you know, I'm just freaking out. I'm having fun doing it, honestly, but I'm having to go buy pants like every two weeks because I'm just dropping weight. But I did that for like three or four months and I lost a ton of weight. And, and then I started, the Lord said, okay, now phase two. He's like, you've got this pretty well under control. And he's like, you're, you're obeying me. You know what to eat. You know how to eat now. I've taught you. I've trained you. And he said, now it's time to work out again. And so then I started this whole workout journey and just like, you know, getting back in like physical, like, uh, like strength and things like that. Not just health, like food-wise and weight-wise, but getting all this other stuff. Now, the part I haven't told you yet is that I've been going to the doctor the whole time during this whole process. And he's been checking my blood like once a month. You know, he's watching me go through this process. I highly recommend that, okay? Because at that time, when I first started this, I was on five different medications. Blood pressure, cholesterol, two things for, for, for my blood sugar, and then something else. I didn't even know what it was for. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just like, sure, I'll take it too. I don't know. Doc said take it. So I'm like, and I trust this guy. He's a, he's a spirit-filled believer, and thank God for that. But... Um, I can't remember the date. Kelly's got it written down somewhere. But I remember going to my doctor, and the day he told me, he said, um, you need to stop taking it. The last pill was one more pill for my cholesterol. And, and so now today I'm on zero pills. I'm on nothing. Nothing. And it's glory. It's all glory to God, I'm telling you. But, you know, I said that for a long time in the beginning. I would tell people, I'd be like, you know, um, it's all God. I'd be so quick to say that because I just didn't know what else to say. I was embarrassed with the attention. You start losing weight, people start saying things. I had some of the strangest comments ever in my life. It was kind of funny. But, uh, but I can remember just feeling like I don't want this attention. Like I just want to lose weight and I, you know, I just want to be healthy. I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't need all this attention, but it just draws attention, which is God saying, no, tell them. Tell them how. Tell them what it is. Tell them it's, it's me. Tell them I told you what to do. Golly, Lord, okay, this is a lot. And so I would share it, but I, I would have this habit of saying, oh, it's all God. It's all God. And every time I would say it, I'd get a check in my heart. I'd get a check. And the Lord would say, no, it's not. No, it's not. I'm like, Lord, I know it's you. I know it's all you. And he said, oh, so you didn't, you didn't obey me? You didn't have a part to play? He's like, I have control over you? I was like, no, I have free will. You don't control me. And he's like, Exactly. He said, that's why we co-labor together. It's not just God doing all this. We co-labor together. When he asks me to do something, I obey. He asks me to do something else, I obey. That's how it works. It's just one step after another. Simple acts of obedience, right? Simple acts of obeying this voice. Simple acts of listening to this gift that God, that Jesus died and went up into heaven. Like he told him, he's like, I got to go. So that the helper can come. Are we using the helper? Amen. Are we using the helper? You got a helper. That's why that's who we are supposed to be 100%, 110% like leaning into and leaning on and being, in, and being dependent of in everything that we do, everywhere we go. I am so lost in my notes right now. Y'all forgive me. I saw this. Somebody told me this the other day. Don't get so intelligently, I'm sorry, don't get so intellectually wise that you become spiritually weak. You can get so caught up in the natural, like, suggestions and ideas and things to do, right? They're good ideas, but did God tell you to do it? Because his voice is so much better than the voice of the world. I don't care how good it sounds. You can see something that looks really good and be like, "Mm, I don't know, let me go see what God says. That's how, that's, I don't, I don't know any other way to live. 
Kelly and I will get opportunities to go do things and do this and do that. I want to get into all that, but like we'll get opportunities and, and I'll already, she'll usually already know because she's already spent time with the Lord on it, but I'll be like, what do you think about that? I have a check. I have a check that we need to just inquire of God. I don't have a check that it's yes or no or good or bad. I just have a check. I need to go spend time with God on this topic and find out if this is what we're supposed to do. And every single time I do that, man, I get just a clear knowing on the inside, yes or no, right? And a lot of times it's not just a hard no, you can't do that. It's not so much that, but this. He'll give me another option. He'll say, yeah, don't do this, but, but come over here and do this instead. And I know um, it's, it's just a process. Like, guys, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up around um, people who knew the Holy Spirit. I didn't grow up around people who talked about God very much. I didn't grow up around a lot of this stuff. But I can tell you this. When I started coming to Word of Life Church, I got around people that knew Jesus. I got around people that were familiar with the Holy Spirit. Because growing up in the little bitty church experience that I did have, you definitely didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. That was for some other people that were weird down the street. And so I'm just playing, okay? But, but literally, people just didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. And I look back and I'm like, why not? Like, man, I wish I'd have walked in those churches that, they, that I made fun of as a kid, you know? Because it's like, at least they had the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit is our helper. He's our God. He's our advocate. He's our counselor, right? He's, he's, ev- he's everything to me. Because when Jesus died, like I said, he's the one that said, I must go so that he can come. He knew that it's like, I, I look at it like this. It's a real simple way to look at it. Like when Jesus was here, he was with the disciples, right? And he's with the, that small, really in comparison, uh, he was in a small group of people. He was only with them for a short time, really three years. I mean, he was on earth 33 years, but he was really with his group and doing his thing for three years. And I think that he knew the whole time. He's like, I got to go. Like, I have to go now. I always wondered why Jesus didn't just stay longer. (laughs) You know what I mean? And get more done. But think about this. Instead of it just being one Jesus on this earth, what if he went, sent the Holy Spirit, and then lived in every single person who wanted him? Then you got Jesus all over the earth. And that's what we have now, right? But you got to know that. I thought that was so cool. It's like, man, Jesus lives in everybody now who wants him, who will invite him in to be filled with his spirit. I didn't plan on doing this tonight, but um, I want to do two things. And um, it's not weird, <laughs> I promise. But I do, I want to I pray for you. Um, and so if, if tonight... I don't even know what time it is. It's 2, 7, 15. Um, if, if tonight you're here and you feel like, worship team, yeah, you guys can come on back. Uh, if you're here and you want health, and you want it God's way, not the world's way, not your way, but you want it God's way. I just, we're going to worship team's going to come back up, but I, I want you to just stand up right where you're at. It's right now. If health is something that you desire, I just want to pray for you in your life. If it's not, I get it. I'm not, this is no pressure. Thank you for standing, being honest. Thank you. The Lord told me to do this earlier. Um, I didn't know if I was going to do it or not. But So here's what I want you to do, too. Uh, if, if you're around somebody and you're not standing up, I just want you to put your hand on their shoulder. I want you to lay hands on them. Just put your hands on their shoulder. We're going we're gonna to pray together. Everybody's going to pray. If there's nobody around you that's not standing up, grab somebody else and touch somebody. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder as we pray. I'm just going to bless you guys and pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of who he is, but a, a revelation of health tonight for each person here. And so, Father, I thank you, Lord, right now for each person that's in this room standing or not. But those who have stood, Father, I thank you, Lord. They're hungry for your health. And so right now, Father, I thank you, Lord, for giving them that same thing that you gave me, uh, a revelation of you, like Paul prayed, but as their health every single day, not just healing. I thank you, Father, for healing. And if healing needs to take place right now, Father, I thank you. We just ask you to do it in Jesus' name. We thank you for supernaturally healing things in bodies right now as we speak. Holy Spirit, we just ask you to come and move through this whole room right now like a wind in Jesus name (laughs) thank you Jesus but father I thank you Lord that 
as they enjoy your healing, that they would then leave here with a revelation of your health so that tomorrow morning they wake up and you begin to speak to them on what to do. You begin to show them things to do, things to cut out, things to add, whatever it is, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to them. I just thank you, Father, for right now for a new dependence on you. I thank you, Father, that those who uh, are hungry for that health and they're hungry for this revelation, Father, you give freely to those who are hungry. And so, Father, I don't doubt it for one second. I thank you, Lord God, for filling them up filling them up with your spirit, Father. Also, too, if there's anybody in the room and you want to be filled with the spirit, um, we're going to pray for all those things. Uh, but if you're here and you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, we're just let's just all pray this together, okay? We're going to cover both things. We're going to cover revelation of health, but we're also going to cover being filled with your spirit, with his spirit. Just say, Jesus, because you died on the cross, I have access to health, to supernatural healing, to your grace for all things. And so, Jesus, I ask you to give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation of who you are as not only my healer, but my health. And right now, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, you sent him to help me. And so I now have a helper 24-7 living inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good job. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you so much. And we're going to kind of worship for just another minute, and, uh, and then I'll come up and close service out. But listen, as we're worshiping, um, I want you to really just like, you don't, I mean, you can sing if you want to, but I want you to take this time and, and let what just happened sink in. It's not coincidence. Um, it's not just a natural thing. It was a supernatural thing that happened. I felt it. I kid you not. I, I literally, when I said Holy Spirit come into this room and heal, I just sensed the Holy Spirit from behind me literally come in and just cover the whole room. I'm not kidding. Some things have changed tonight. Some things are changing in your heart. Some things are changing up here because now you have a spirit of wisdom for your head and a spirit of revelation of God for your heart. It's going to change your life. A holy, I totally believe that. But as we worship, I want you to just think about that. I want you to listen to the Holy Spirit uh, and let him tell you some things already because I think he's just ready to talk to you. I think he wants to show you some things. I, want, I think he wants to give you some, some steps, some next steps of obedience that you can take, some simple things that you can do. And for those of you who already know what those steps are, take them. <laughs> Don't hesitate. God is a good mess cleaner upper, like I said. If you get there and you realize it wasn't so much God, then go back and be like, Lord, help me. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll show you what it was. I'll show you where you missed it. There's no shame or no guilt in God. He's not there to beat you up. No, he's there to lift you up. Amen? Amen. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you, Father, for uh, just helping each of us. I thank you, Father, for just your spirit in this place. And I thank you, Lord, as we worship that you would speak to us tonight um, and just show us things to come. In Jesus' name, amen.